Today we're talking about, I just got born again. I said yes to salvation. I said yes to Jesus. Now what? And the truth is, most people never handled this well. And because of that, they live at a lower level. They don't live in the fullness of the promises and the blessings that God has for them. We're going to talk about how to be consistent. Uh, what theme throughout this week, I think, that we're going to look at is the consistent ambassador. Uh, the consistent ambassador. And we're going to talk about the flow of fellowship. Uh, these are a couple of things that you see in the context of the word that God wants us to be his ambassador, but he wants us to be a consistent ambassador. Think about this. When somebody comes and looks at your life as a Christian, your life should always be shining Jesus. And that's God's design. And he's given us an uh, help to do that and empowered us to do that. But many people, that's not like... I can think many times is like, man, my life has not really been an ambassador, but I wanted to change that. And so today I try to change that. I try to walk in a different way and stay that consistent ambassador. And we will do that. Put that in the comments right now that we are to be a consistent ambassador, Yeah, a consistent ambassador. And many people, they'll go through ups and downs in the Christianity because they're not in the flow of fellowship. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You want to be in a flow of fellowship. So it's not just a one-time shot. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing flow. Uh, if you'll look it up where he's, where Jesus talks about, you know, I am that living water. But then yeah. also out of your belly will flow mm -hmm. rivers of living water. Jesus is the living water, and he will introduce us to that life-giving water yeah. that he is, and he will keep that flow going, but it's our job to stay in the river. Yeah. Uh, you have the prophecy uh, you know, back in the Old Testament that talks about going into the river of God, and you stepped in, and you're ankle deep, and then you're uh, knee deep, you're waist deep, and then you're all the way in, like the song tells us about. And uh, our job is to get into the flow of the river, yeah. not fight the flow. Yeah. So put that in the comments. We want the flow of fellowship. Yeah. We want the flow of fellowship. And if you think about it, in that prophecy, I love the look of that is, you will step one step at a time until you get to the place until you get to the place yeah. that you're totally in the flow. Yeah. And that means your feet have left the earth, yeah. right? Your feet are no longer yeah. touching ground, yeah. no longer touching corrupted world. Your feet are in your whole body is totally in the flow of the river of God, the flow of fellowship. Yeah. This is the place where fullness of life is. And uh, our job, and I want you to put this in there, a Christian's job is to not fight the flow. That's a Christian's job. Just think about that. How many times, how many problems would you have stayed away from, would you have stayed away from if you weren't fighting the flow? <laughs> you I think my for? face is just giving an answer. <laughs> a few times? A couple? I, maybe more than that. <laughs> I almost wore that sweatshirt today. Oh, that, that would have been that something. Been, that would have been horrible. So, I, I, <laughs> that for was for your sake, of, I would have taken it that off. That was the leading yeah. of the Lord for me not to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was in the flow. 
And we, I didn't fight the flu, mm -hmm. and therefore it wasn't a problem. <laughs> but, you, was, was I in the flow? For I think this? you were. I think okay. you're fine. Okay, yeah. good. And, uh, but you see that our job is not to fight the flow. And yeah. if you think about it, there are so many times where we fault the flow of what mm -hmm. God wants us to do. And actually, that's actually a small example of yeah. it with, with just the clothing of today. Yeah. I literally thought about that sweatshirt this morning, thought, oh, that'd be cool to wear. And the Lord said, no, don't do that. So instead of fighting the flow because I wanted to do something, mm -hmm. and it would have looked funny and we just it would have felt awkward. Not, it's not really a big deal. But yet, why did the Lord lead me in the flow of fellowship away from that? So we're not supposed to fight the flow because he cares about even the small things. Yeah. God cares about the small things in your life. If he cares about the small blessings, how much more does he care about the big ones? And the truth of the matter is he cares about all of them a lot. Yeah. Because he loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. And that flow of God is where we're designed to stay. So we're going to talk about that, the fellowship, uh, the flow of fellowship, and how we can be a consistent ambassador. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow as well. Mm -hmm. But we want to start at the flow of fellowship. Yeah. And uh, before we jump into that, is there anything you want to add to any of that? Well, I found that verse. Yes, read, read, yeah, read those. Okay. Good job. Uh, it's John. Thank you. It's uh, John seven thirty seven and 38. I'm sorry. It's, uh, uh, Jesus uh, stood and cried out saying, If anyone come to me and drink, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Yes, rivers of living water. Yeah. And, and that's God's design. Think about this uh, in Psalm 23, mm -hmm. right? He, he makes my cup to overflow, Yeah. right? Uh, we see it in John 10.10 10 in the Amplified. Can you pull that up, John 10.10 10 in the Amplified? Yeah. And just read Jesus' part. We're not going to read about the devil's part, but just yeah. read Jesus' part. John 10.10 10 in the Amplified yeah. says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came. Jesus said, I came. Yeah. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in the in abundance to the full till it overflows. Till it overflows. And see, you see this constant overflowing in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be a reception and a hoarding. Yeah. It's meant to be a flow. And so our earthly thinking, earthly thinking basically says, I'm, I'm so scared of losing things in the future, when I get something, I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to hoard it, and I'm going to gather it and covet it. But a Christian's life is not designed to be a hoarding. It's meant to be a flow, yeah. a flow in the Holy Ghost, a flow in Christ, a flow in the fire of God, a flow in the river of God, yeah. a flow of the living waters of God. It's a flow. It's a constant input and a constant output. Put, mm -hmm. that, in the, put that in the comments. The Christian's normal life is a constant or a consistent input and output. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul wrote these things, now concerning giving and receiving. It's, there's a flow mm -hmm. in and out, in and out, in and out of those things. And so what you see, you see it in Scripture where it says, uh, those that love me, uh, they, they have received my love. They love because... Mm -hmm. I, I first loved them, right? Yeah. They love because 
I first loved them, right? And so what you'll see is you'll see that God loves us first, flows into us love, and then we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So there's this flow. And many people, when they get into the place where there's more, there's a pooling of blessing, a pooling, a building up a blessing, most of the time the world teaches them just grab onto it, hold on to it, and don't let go of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hate I, I hate this thinking because it's so contrary to Christianity. Is uh, this idea that you can become a millionaire by pinching pennies? Like if you're if you're becoming a millionaire by pinching pennies, generally you're going to lose it. Why? Because you're, there's no flow there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hoarding, you're thinking only about yourself, and there's no flow there. Even if you're not in the, you know, Christianity, mm-hmm. it's a bad idea. Yeah. And, and even many people of the world figured out that I'm going to be more blessed if I just become a giver. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll see even unsaved people giving because they recognize this is a better way to live. Yeah. Right? But when we were on vacation, I watched, I overheard a conversation. We were in a restaurant. And uh, this guy, they had it on the door. If you come in, here's our price, and then we're going to add this charge to it, like a doing business fee. It's basically to pay for their credit card machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they, it's on the door. And then it was something about the tip or whatever. And this guy was over there. He was completely arguing over pennies. Like, you're, this one says, you know, $26, but on the bill it's twenty six forty two. I'm like... Man, that was really worth your 15 minutes of talking about that. Like if if your if your 15 minutes is worth 42 cents, you have a really skewed idea of how much your time's worth, right? Yeah. Like I'm not worried about the 42 cents. If I'm worried about the 42 cents, I got bigger problems than that, you know. Yeah. But that started when when I was younger and had very little when the 42 cents did mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I still would not I would not have a poverty mentality towards that. Why? Cuz I understood the flow of God. Mm-hmm. We've got to understand the flow. Remember the covetous man the covetous man, uh, he basically said, man, I've gained all this stuff. I don't have enough room to store it. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. And and Lord said, tonight your life is, is required of you. Why? Why was his life done? Because he had stepped out of the flow. He, yeah. he, he forgot about the giving side of life and he just was in the receiving side mm-hmm. of life only. There's no flow there. Your mission's done. Yeah. Your mission's done. And put this in the comments. As a believer, if you step out of the flow, you are stepping out of your mission. If you step out of the flow, you step out of the mission. So you'll see a flow, a flow of God mm-hmm. and the life of God in your finances. You'll see a flow of God and the life of God in your fellowship with God, in the move of the Holy Spirit, the flow of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you'll see a flow with your neighbors. In other words, there'll be a giving and receiving of time and, and co-workers and your family. Every part of life is designed to have a flow in that. Mm-hmm. Every part of life. We said it the other day, uh, the highest form of maturity is not independence yeah. and it's not dependence. Mm-hmm. Independence is I'm only, I'm only on the giving side, but I never have to receive anything. 
Dependence is only on the receiving side, or excuse me, only on the receiving side. I never have to give anything. Independence is I'm always giving, but you know I don't need to receive there either. Interdependence is when you're actually giving and receiving with each other. That's the highest form of maturity. What are we actually talking about? Why is it a higher form of maturity? Because there's a flow. There's a flow in that way. And so you see that you can have ditches, and the ditches always avoid the flow. Mm -hmm. The ditches of life always avoid the flow. In the life of God, there's always a flow, and our mission stays in the middle of God's river, in the middle of the flow of God and the flow of his life to us and through us. There is a flow of God, and we are meant to stay there. And if we get out of the flow of God, our life will be inconsistent, and it will be up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. We don't want to be up and down. We want to be stable. We want the flow to grow. We want our mission to grow. We want our responsibility to grow. Remember the parable uh, of the talents, right? Mm -hmm. He, He received the talents, and then he increased the flow. And God said, give them more flow. Right, All of Christianity is about the flow of God in our lives and through our lives. And any person who dams that up and starts to block it is going to find themselves in opposition to God. Now, we we will practice these things in small ways. When we learn to flow with a minister... Like, I receive that word. I I release praise to God, right? And when we learn to flow with the Holy Ghost, we learn how to have that flow. As a believer, you're just born again. Learn to flow with the Holy Ghost. Learn to yield to Him. Learn to yield to God. And your life will always stay where it needs to be if we will yield to the Lord. Yeah, well, like it reminds me of, you know, you've heard people talk about the Dead Sea. Why is it dead? Correct. Because it has an inlet, but there's no outlet. So everything that comes into it just is there to die. Yes. You know, there's not that flow. It's uh, everything is just gathering all the dirt and all that stuff is the salt and all that. It's just pooling there and everything, nothing can live there. Correct. You, You look at it the other way. If you only have an outlet and no inlet. You're going to dry up and die. You know, like things can't live there in that situation either. And it just reminds me of what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, you know, that God's given us, you know, that the fellowships, you know, the fellowships and the connections, you know, that's part of, you know, the church and and that with pastors and 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 prophets and evangelists, you know, he's given us those so that. We're not blown around and our life isn't going up and down and all over the place. You know, like I'm, I'm, I said yes to Jesus. Now what I said, you know, I'm born again. Now what the Bible tells us that the path of the righteous is like the morning sun. It just gets brighter and brighter. That's how it should be. Yeah. You know, that's how it should be. It's not, oh, well, you know, now I gave my life to Christ. Now it just gets dimmer and dimmer. No, it gets brighter and brighter. It gets better and better. That's right. Yeah. But that, that all of that comes through fellowship. Not just, Hey, I prayed a prayer once and I left it there. But no, there, there's, there's, uh, God has developed and created a beautiful system of fellowship with yes. him and with believers that when I give myself to that fellowship and, and, I, and I esteem that, my life's just going to get better That's right. and it's just going to go right. up. Yeah, there, there's such a flow of God that he's designed and most people miss it because 
worldliness causes you to focus on yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you said the Dead Sea, and it's such a stark contrast to the sea that's right above it, the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Sea of Galilee is teeming with life. Yeah. But if you go, you know, right there where the Jordan River flows into it and the Jordan River flows out of it, mm. it's a massive flow. Mm-hmm. It's a massive flow. Like, I was surprised at how big the Jordan River was flowing out of that. It was like a massive flow of water. And it was cold, too, by the way, when I got mm-hmm. baptized. <laughs> I was like, whoo <laughs> it was It was chilly. It got my attention. And I really I really was holy because I really wanted to get baptized. So yeah. it, I paid the price. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but there's a flow. So let's talk about this flow. And I want to give you three... Uh, three parts of a flow of Christianity. Then these very general, very general, right? And uh, I'm going to give you three parts of the flow of Christianity. Now, I want to tell you a story about my personal flow uh, with people that God's put in my life. But here's the three parts of the flow of Christianity, a fellowship flow. Fellowship, furtherance, and fruit. So fellowship, furtherance, and fruit. Uh, You have the beginning of Christianity starts with fellowship with God. And then you grow, growth and furthering who you are in Christ, right? And then you have fruit. And it's a constant cycle of these three things. It's literally a flow through fellowship. Of course, the word says in him, we live and move and have our being. In him, we have a life originally. We move to new levels, and we bring things into being, right? Yeah. You know, there's a flow there. Boom, boom, boom. There's, it's stepping up. There's a yeah. flow. Life in him, movement into growth and furthering our growth, and then the fruit of bringing things into being. Yeah. So in him, we live and move and have our being. We, we have the flow of fellowship. Yeah. We have fellowship with God. Then we have furtherance and growth, and then we bring fruit. Every, fruit every day, all day, every week, all week, every month, all month, every year, all year, every decade, all decade, we should have fellowship with God, furtherance and growth in our life, and we should have fruit. Yeah. So we should have fellowship, furtherance, and fruit all the time, every time. This is a part of the flow. And you think about the scripture that talks about one plants, another waters, and another basically harvest, right? That's a flow. And and in life, we are constantly sometimes planting. Sometimes we're watering a seed in somebody. Sometimes we're harvesting that believer into the kingdom of God or or bringing about that miracle or, or whatever it is. So there's constantly this flow. But we shouldn't be discouraged if we're planting more for a season of time or if we're watering more for a season of mm-hmm. time or if we're har- harvesting more for a season of time. Yeah. So you can see those three things there. You have the planting of fellowship, then you have the growth, yeah. and then you have the fruitfulness. You see this flow of fellowship all throughout the Bible, mm-hmm. and it is there for us to stay in. We're supposed to stay in this flow of fellowship all the time. Yeah. So it's interesting how all those things line up. You know, they constantly, yeah. the flow, the furtherance, or, or moving forward, right, if yeah. you're searching for F words and alliteration. So <laughs> yeah. There's not a ton of F words for going forward. So. <laughs> 
just in case you were wondering. There's some that'll take you backwards. But. Yeah, there are some that'll take you backwards. That's true. <laughs> but um, the, I'm sorry. Uh, no, like all these do blend in together. Like I'm thinking of several scriptures where like like fellowship produces the furtherance. Like m- mainly Correct. John chapter 15. Yeah. You know, in John chapter 15, you see you can't bear fruit without fellowship. Yes. You yeah. can't. You can't do anything without fellowship, honestly. That's which, true. Yeah. Which, which is that furtherance. You know, not, none of yeah. that takes place until we first give ourselves to that fellowship. Yeah. The fellowship is where the flow starts. Yeah. And he says, they love because I first love them. Yeah. They love because they received my love. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. In other words, if we've not received the fellowship of his love, we can't operate in furtherance and operate in fruit because yeah. those things, uh, the fuel of those things is uh, the love of God. And we have to receive his love first. And so this is the flow of fellowship, all right? Fellowship, furtherance, and fruit. And specifically today, I want to talk about, because the question that we have is, I'm born again, now what? Mm -hmm. I said yes to Jesus. I said yes to salvation. Now what do I do? And this is where it starts. It really starts right here in fellowship. This is the beginning of the flow of fellowship. And it starts in our fellowship with God. So the word says in 1 John chapter 4, it says, those that do not love do not know God, right? You can find that scripture if you want. Those that do not love do not know God. In other words, if somebody's not in love, the reason why they're not in love is because they've never received that love. And he says, in the same chapter, it says, we love because he first loved us. So the beginning of our flow in Christ begins with us receiving love from God. Yeah. It's the first time we've ever, the first time we've ever actually received love is when we accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can receive a part of love, but the first time we've had a flow of love in our life is when we receive Christ, when we yeah. receive Jesus, when we make him Lord and Savior. And then that's when the flow begins. And, all, and it's awesome. And, the, and the, the power of God will help lift the burdens off of your life. It'll set you free. Many times when they get born again, they'll just start crying because they feel the freedom of Jesus in their lives. And when they do that, it's amazing. I mean, it is an amazing moment for them. And it's the beginning. That's, yeah. the, that's the lowest they should ever be. Yeah. Now, the issue is that most people, that's not the lowest that they ever feel. Mm-hmm. They actually go for a season, and then they feel lower. They feel like they're going backwards. And they're not actually going backwards, but most of the time it's because they don't step into the flow of fellowship. Mm-hmm. They don't step into this. So as soon as somebody gets born again, what they want to do is enter what God uh, would say is true fellowship that he lays out in his word. They need to enter into the true fellowship with God. And one time I was in, um, one time I was actually traveling, I was in a hotel in Indiana, and uh, I was talking to the Lord about this, and uh, I was asking him, what do I need to do? And it was very, it was not a flow, it was very wooden, it was very, uh, you know, one step at a time, you know, step, ask the Lord for the next instruction, step, ask the Lord for the next instruction. Turn, ask the Lord for the next intro. Step, you know, yeah. it was like very wooden, very uh, methodical, 
but not a flow. Yeah. I was not going anywhere fast. Yeah. <laughs> I was moving very slow. Uh, you know, slow is not what you get in a proper flow, right? Yeah. A flow shouldn't be slow, yeah. right? And man, alliteration, rhyming, you got it all here today. I'm just telling you. And, <laughs> but yeah, the flow of God is not designed to be slow. Yeah. Uh, there may be some foundational time, but even in that time, it'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. It'll, it should be exciting for what you're learning and yeah. growing. Think about this. What if I'm in a foundational time, but I'm actually learning the whole time? Like, that can be really exciting. Like, you're getting revelation and all that. A lot of times when people get in foundational time and they're bored by it is because they're not actually growing in the flow. Mm -hmm. They're not growing while they're there. They're bored because they're not learning what they should be learning, right, in that way. Well, that learning comes from fellowship. And let's look at fellowship. I asked the Lord, when I was sitting in that hotel, I said, uh, I said, hey, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, time out for a second. And basically what he said to me was, if you will get your fellowship right, if you'll get your fellowship right, you will know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and you will be in a flow of, of my fellowship. And praise God, I had enough wisdom to say, okay, I, I think I know what fellowship means, and I have an idea in my head, but what does fellowship mean to you? Right Now, in that moment, I didn't know the difference when he answered this to me. I didn't know the difference between the words relationship Mm -hmm. and fellowship. And so the word he used was relationship because it would make sense to me. That was what I understood. So he used what I would understand. But he showed me later that what he was really talking about, once I got revelation, he said, what I was really telling you back there in that hotel in Indiana was not just relationship alone. It was fellowship. It was a fellowship. It was a flowing. Uh, you know, it was a flowing in that way. It was an interactive uh, relationship, not just a stale relationship. And so you can have a relationship with someone but not hang out with them. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is actually when you spend time with each other, you learn, you grow. This is fellowship. And he, I said, what is fellowship to you? What was interesting was he gave me three scriptures just out of when I was praying. Three scriptures popped up. I wrote them down. I went and looked them up. And they led me specifically to three different areas. Mm-hmm. They led me specifically to the, this area of these three areas of fellowship. Mm-hmm. And here's the three areas. Spirit-led word. So being reading the word and being led by the word in the Bible by the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit draw those things out. Spirit-led word, spirit-led worship, and spirit-led prayer. He said, if you do these three things, you will be in fellowship. Now, here's the thing. He didn't make this distinction then, but later on he added this distinction, is that you're not supposed to just do these three things by yourself all the time. And the Bible clearly shows us that we're supposed to be in this fellowship, the Spirit-led word, worship, and prayer, also with each other. So in other words, there's supposed to be a corporate fellowship. Mm-hmm. So we should have, like on Sunday morning, we should have the word through mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We should have worship together corporately yeah. through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we should have... 
we should have prayer together through mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if we're not actually operating in these areas, then we're going. Our flow of fellowship is going to be missing. Mm-hmm. That's going to take away from the rest of the growth and furtherance and the fruitfulness that God has planned for us. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have that fellowship as the base, the rest of those things are going to they're going to dilute. And over time, they won't even be there. And you'll have a Christian with no fruit, no fruitfulness. You'll have no furtherance in their life, no growth in their life. And this will be a major problem in that in that way. We don't want to be there. We don't want to live there. That that part of Christianity is not really Christianity, and it stinks to be there. Yeah. And this is where many people get hung up. So yeah. So 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 like I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who like. This is, they just got saved, right? Yeah. And spirit-led word, spirit-led worship, uh, spirit-led prayer, yes. corporate prayer. Um, what, what would you suggest? Like, okay, I want to read the Bible. Where, where do I start? I want to worship. Where should I start? Very I wanna, good, yeah. I want to do these. Where, where do I start? Yeah. Well, the first thing that you want to do is you want to find a church that's operating in these things. Now, the, the truth is, how many people are going to know what that church is? I mean, I know Christians that have been believers for decades, mm-hmm. and they don't—they wouldn't know the right answer for that. Mm-hmm. And then we can definitely tell you, we did a whole uh, a whole taping on this, a whole broadcast on this, talking about what a taping. Taping. Yeah. I, I, I old school. <laughs> you just jump back like thirty years. We recorded it <laughs> on a drive. <laughs> we didn't tape it actually. Okay. And I can, is that a proper correction? I don't know. No. I don't know how you properly say it anymore. <laughs> we did a whole recording and broadcast on yeah. this. Usually, I say broadcast. I don't yeah. know why I said tape. Yeah, I don't anyway, know. <laughs> I went. I had a flashback. <laughs> Doggone Marines. Um, <laughs> but we did a broadcast on how to find the right church and are, am I in the right church? We'll put that link in the comments for you and put it in the description. That'll give you a really good basis for it. But let me just say this. You want to find a church that's operating at this level. They're operating in a flow of fellowship. They're, they're growing. They're furthering their relationship with God. And they're operating in the fruitfulness of God. You're seeing miracles. You're seeing the power of God. You're seeing a place where your flesh gets challenged. It's not just easy on your flesh all the time, your corrupted flesh. You want to go into a church that's actually helping you to grow and has an environment of growth. But understand that with growth can sometimes be growth pains in your corrupted flesh. Your corrupted flesh can be like, oh man, I don't like this. I got to stop doing this. I got to start doing this. You know, your flesh is not going to like all that stuff. But that's the question of, hey, I'm born again. Jesus is my Lord. My flesh is not the Lord of my life. Jesus is. You want to find a church that's going to challenge you, stretch you, towards the things of God. Mm -hmm. And this goes to the fourth part of that fellowship is the corporate flow of fellowship, the corporate prayer and word and worship. And if a church is flowing properly, it's constantly going to be helping you step to new heights in God, which you're going to really like. Uh, Hebrews 12.11, you can put that in the comments. Hebrews 12.11 says all discipline or all correction, another way to say it, is not not joyful. It's even sorrowful, 
But those who give themselves to that growth, that furtherance, that, that stepping up and correction, that discipline, he says they will eat the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So anybody who actually gives themselves to that process mm-hmm. is going to grow. So if you don't know where to start or even what where to read, one of the first things you can do is find a good church that's alive. Mm-hmm. That is so imperative. Yeah. Find a good church that's alive. Now, that's we want to find that. All of these things, you don't necessarily do one before the other. There's not necessarily an order. It's just simply you need to be doing these things all the time. So when you start reading the Word and you've never read the Bible before, you've never read you know, through it, you've never read anything. A good thing to do is to just start reading in the book of John. It is a great book that really explains what's going on. Uh, you can one thing you can do. You can depending on how you were raised or what you like. Uh, there are different translations. I would suggest three different translations to start with. Uh, the first one that I would say is for a lot of people, the way that we talk now in America, the New Living Translation is a great what we call a context translation, which basically it simplifies speech down to the way that we talked before. And the New Living Translation, starting in the book of John, read the book of John and Acts, and they're following each other, John, then Acts, John, then Acts. I'd probably read through those two books probably three times before I'd move on to anything else. Just read those books, mm-hmm. the, the Gospel of John and, and the book of Acts, right? Read through those and read it in New Living. The other translation that I would suggest uh, would be like the New American Standard or I would say the ESV. Either one is okay. We use the New American Standard because that's what I, I stayed with. That's a, those are both word-for-word translations, and uh, they do a good job of go- translating one word at a time without adding too much bias into it. Because the Bible's originally not written in English, and so it's written in uh, basically Hebrew, Greek, and there's some Aramaic in there as well. And so we, I don't read Greek, I don't read Hebrew, and I don't read Aramaic. Do you? No. No. Do you? <laughs> and if you don't read those things, you need a, you need it to be translated. Mm-hmm. And these are some decent translations that we utilize uh, that don't have uh, as much bias in them as others do. The other one that you could use, and if you like poetry and Old English, you could read King James. That's what I grew up on, and then I moved to the other ones. Uh, and I still like it, and some people love it. There's nothing nothing really wrong with any of these translations. There's some question marks here and there, but what you'll find is the whole, the whole counsel of the word, it doesn't contradict itself. Uh, you do have some errors in translation here and there, and that's why you want to eventually read the whole counsel of the word and, and find out what is the nature of of this whole book mm-hmm. and and what is and let scripture interpret scripture. So yeah. you can have translators that aren't holy and miss a translation and that does happen and each one of those that I gave you has some translation errors in my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the full counts of the word it doesn't it doesn't contradict yeah. the original uh, language it's perfect it doesn't contradict itself. And uh, but start there start in the book of John and Acts and then after you've done that and read through those, you know, two or three times at least is what I'd say, I would read through the New Testament, maybe get on a Bible plan. You can look at uh, the U version app has a lot of Bible plans. 
Read through the New Testament, you know, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the way through Revelation. Maybe do that a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then go back and read the whole Bible. Start there. And could you start anywhere? You really could start anywhere, but this will give you a good snapshot of where you are living now, today, and what's available to you, starting in the New Testament. And then you can go back and see the beauty of how God designed the system to get you to the place where you can be saved. It's a great starting point. And that is, and what I would do, especially after you've read, read through most of the Bible, is when you go into the Word, you can have a daily reading plan, but then you want to get into studying the Word. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say, you know, Lord, help me see, you know, Holy Spirit, help me see, where do I read today? What do I read? And then don't just read to be reading. Don't just read to be, you know, reading the most that you can. I, I, sometimes I will read through a whole book in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I will only read one verse. <laughs> like I don't get any farther than one verse. I can spend hours on one <coughs> verse. Yeah. And uh, so that's where the Holy Spirit will lead you. And that's what it means when it's spirit-led word, uh, word worship, and prayer is yeah. you're letting God lead you by the Holy Spirit who is God. Letting the Holy Spirit lead you. What is my fellowship with you today? Yeah. Right, and these are things that we need to have on a regular basis. So, the word, worship, and prayer, and then doing all of those things in corporate fellowship with other believers. Because yeah. the word says in Hebrews ten twenty five, he says, "Don't forsake the assembling together of the saints." The saints are designed to come together and worship the Lord together, and we should do that. We need that because. We're not just an island. When we get born again, we're not just an island. We're a part of the body of Christ, and we need to recognize that I need the other parts of the body. Yeah. You know, if a toe doesn't have the flow of blood to it, the toe would die very quickly. Yeah. It, you need the other parts of the body, mm-hmm. right? If the toe didn't have access to what the brain supplies, they w- it would have a problem. If yeah. the toe didn't have access to oxygen that's brought in by the lungs that yeah. comes in through the mouth and the nose, and the toe needs every part of the body. The body needs every part of itself, mm-hmm. and we need each other. This is a major, major part of the flow of God in our lives. And there's something I was going to say is, for example, with that. All right, so I'm a pastor. And we're on here teaching I've been been preaching and teaching and speaking for decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a, a decent amount about this book. Uh, many of the leaders that I run into don't know as much about that book as what I've found out about it. Mm-hmm. It just giving you facts that I've seen. But does that mean that I don't need the flow of other people in my life as well? I absolutely do. But see, on Sunday morning, generally, it, in very general sense, the flow is coming to me and then out of me, and I'm giving. And I'll receive from the Word, too, but in a very general sense, I'm basically giving, mm-hmm. right, on Sunday morning. Well, that means I need to find a receiving place, too. And that's the people that God's connected me to. That's the, the leaders that are in my life. And so even last night, I was, I was sitting there getting ready to go to bed, and I turn on one of the men of God that's in my life, Brother Tracy Harris. I'm listening to his word. Such a good word. I need that receiving as well. It doesn't need to be a stop of flow just because 
I'm giving on Sunday morning. I still need input into my life mm-hmm. because if I didn't, then I'm not in a flow. Yeah. You see, and I need to stay in a flow just like everybody else that comes to my church and receives that flow from me. Mm-hmm. I need to have a flow as well. And if I don't do that, I'm going to be unhealthy and then I'm going to pass that lack of health to other people as well. We all need to stay in that flow and yeah. I, we need to receive from the body of Christ. Yeah. Well, you know, just as you're sharing that, like, it's, I've noticed, um, and, and this is something that, that would be good for just anyone to hear, especially new believers, you know, especially, you know, seasoned believers, you yes. know, is, is there's been that, like, depending on where you've grown up, if you've grown up in America, independence is huge Correct. in America. Yeah. Like, I can, I, I can figure this out on my own. I can do this on my own. I can, like, I can hear from the Lord on my own. I can, uh, you know, re- read the Bible on my own. I can... Uh, established doctrine on my own, you know, yeah. and like independence that goes too far into the fruit of rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I don't need a pastor. I don't need someone to tell Correct. me I can have yeah. church at home. I can, you know, all those different things, you know, or I'm too busy. I don't really have time for all of that, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, the number one key that we, or the primary key that we brought up, is fellowship. Yeah. You need fellowship with God and with. A body, like, and that's literally everything that you've just been saying. You, yeah. you know, a thumb can't operate a, a toe or whatever. Yeah. And so it's vital for, uh, like, again, if we want to go from glory to glory, if we want our, the path of the righteous to get brighter and brighter, that requires interdependence. That requires yes. us submitting to God's system, submitting to God, submitting yes. our beliefs and our ideas and our 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 ideas to to him and to those that he's established to be for us to connect ourselves with. Yeah. Like that's important. That's an important part of being a believer. Oh yeah. 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 Just, just when we connect with other believers and, and of course we have the scripture talks about iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to keep us sharp and yeah. not, not have life dull. Yeah. You know, um, for example, when you came here several years ago, you had a lot of questions. You still have questions to this day. Well, one, you can ask those questions, and then as you get answers, that'll sharpen you. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, as you ask those questions, that sharpens me to be able to answer them as well. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that interaction that where we sharpen each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you bring two believers together and you actually have a furtherance mm. of that belief system because you're sharpening each other. You're you're finding out the problems and and you're finding the solutions in that way. That's not possible without interaction. Yeah. And so if I move to just in independence only, I am cutting off a major portion of my growth and my mm. fellowship that God has has planned for us. And and we need that very much. We need that. Not yeah. independence and not dependence, uh, but we need that interdependence. You know, uh, it's a major part of God's flow. Yeah. Did you have a question on that? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, looking at the next one is talking about uh, spirit-led worship, and so I remember, for example, um, I remember Brother Copeland telling a story where he was believing God for a healing. I think it was in his back. And he was believing for a healing. And, man, this, this, this 
infirmity just kept lingering and lingering. And he's a man of faith. He's seen miracles all around the world. And, uh, man, it just was lingering, and he couldn't get through it. And and the, the Lord said this to him. He said, Lord, what's going on here? And he said, he said, I'm, quote, I'm speaking scripture, I'm confessing it, I'm speaking it, I'm believing on it and everything. And the Lord pointed him to this. He had been, it's very interesting how we can forget some of the simplicities of our fellowship, right? And he said this, he said, my word says, don't let my word depart from your eyes or your ears, right? In Proverbs, it says that, I believe. He says, don't let my my word depart from your eyes. He said, you've been quoting scripture from memory. You've been confessing it from memory. But when's the last time you laid your eyes on healing scriptures? And he says, you know the word mm-hmm. and you've not let it depart from your thinking. You've mm-hmm. meditated on it, but that's one part of it. You need to have it preach to you going in your ears. You need to read it going in your eyes and you need to meditate on it. Mm-hmm in your mind, yeah. and you've been just meditating on it and maybe hearing it, but you need to put your eyes on it. He, so Brother Copeland quickly repented because that's a command. Mm-hmm. It's a command. And then you see that sometimes those simplicities will overlook because we think that these spiritual things move just with our knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's not just knowledge. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Yeah. And the anointing is not just what you've remembered. And so he went, he immediately started putting his eyes on scripture, talking about healing. And guess what happened? He received it. He got healed. He got healed. And this is, I just had a similar situation with this uh, because in fellowship, we have these three pieces, spirit-led word, spirit-led worship, and spirit-led prayer. Uh, Probably the strongest one of those in my life has been prayer. Uh, because I'm praying all the time in the spirit. I'm praying all the time. Yeah. I'm meditating on the word quite often. I'm going back. I'm reading the word on a, on a regular basis. So that's that's probably two. But the third one that I, I kind of, you know, sometimes struggled with was the worship. And I was asking the Lord just a few weeks ago. I said, Lord, what is the deal? I said, I said, something is off. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, what is that? You know, what is that? He said, you've forgotten to worship me on a regular basis. And I went, now I'll thank him all the time. I'll thank him uh, for that. And that's a part of worship as well. And every action we take, either worship's God or not. Worship is not just, you know, when music's playing. Worship is who you are and the actions that you take on that. Because if I wor- if I go and watch TV instead of reading the Bible, I'm worshiping the TV mm-hmm. instead of worshiping God. If I choose to uh, not share the gospel with somebody that God tells me to share, I'm worshiping fear maybe mm-hmm. instead of worshiping God. So worship is our actions. But I knew what he meant. It's just taking some time to meditate on him and worship him. And as soon as he said it, I knew, of course, God was right, and I knew he was true. And as soon as he said it, I went, oh, I need to change that. And so I literally I, I st- I changed my daily habits because I'd, I'd had a habit, but I had somehow forgotten it, and I changed my habits. And that can happen. That's why we want to go back and, and we want to judge ourselves rightly 
and we want to take a look at what we're doing mm-hmm. state to stay in that flow. Yeah. And uh, I started I started just worshiping and I have a particular song that moves me and I start playing that even as I'm getting ready every day. I start worshiping the Lord instantly I felt that flow turn back on. Mm. I mean, the first day, as soon as I did it, you know, and the first day I feel kind of bad because like I hadn't done this in a while, you know. And you would think you would think there'd be like a little trickle there because it's like he's going to, you know, throw me a bone a little bit and help me a little bit, but you've been bad so I'm going to make you pay for it a while. That's how we think about God and it's incorrect. He's mm-hmm. not looking to condemn us. He's yeah. looking to get a full flow to us, right? right? And so I, I turned, I got that worship back on and I, I was listening. Instantly, the flow of God was there. And I was like, praise God. And, and what was off? I just missed a part of fellowship. Mm-hmm. These are things we don't need to miss. We don't yeah. need to forget about for a season. Yeah. And that's what I had done. I, I missed, I had not missed it totally, mm-hmm. but enough. Yeah. And the Lord corrected me on that, and praise God, now that, that fruitfulness from righteousness is there because I received the correction. Mm-hmm. And instantly that flow was there again. So spirit-led worship, I've already begun to describe it. Will you look up uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2? Romans 12, 1 and 2. And uh, spirit-led worship is, I've already said, it's not just when music is playing. Uh, a lot of people think worship is just musical. It's not that. Yeah. Worship is what you bow to. You know, what are you bowing to? If you are in idol worship, it's because you're bowing your knee in action to something other than God. Yeah. Right? So you're taking action on something that's not God. So look at Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2, if you'll read those. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So you see, when we present our bodies and therefore our actions, as not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. In other words, everything I do every day in mm-hmm. life, yeah. it, I sacrifice myself to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Then he says, it says here, it's your spiritual service of worship. Yeah. Your spiritual service of worship. So a lot of times I'll see quote unquote worshipers, self proclaimed worshipers, and uh, they really like to worship in music, but then they, they don't forgive. Yeah. You know, then they, they don't yield to the Holy Spirit when he tells them to go lead somebody to the Lord. They don't yield in that way. So it's like you're not really you're just a worshiper at certain moments. You're not a worshiper all the time. You're not following your spiritual service of worship. You're just worshiping in what you like to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a form of idol worship in itself because you're only giving yourself when you like it. Yeah. You know, maybe you like music or and, and so I like the sound of music. And so you start to see that worship is not just in that time. Worship is all time. Lord, I worship you. You are so good. You're so mighty. Um, and I will say in 1 Corinthians 14, where it talks about praying in the spirit, it says that when you pray in tongues, talking about your, your prayer language, your personal prayer language, 
uh, when you pray in tongues, it says you give thanks well, mm-hmm. right? One of the things it tells us about it, you give thanks well. So literally, when you're praying in tongues in a spirit of worship, you're worshiping well, right? You're, you're giving thanks well. You're worshiping God. So this is something that you definitely want to do in this fellowship. I'll tell you, you notice how each one of these fellowship pieces talks about spirit-led you want to be in a spirit-led church. You want to be in spirit-led word time, spirit-led worship time, spirit-led prayer. The reason why that's there is it's hard to do these things right without the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so one of the things you should do as soon as you get born again is you should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit wants to completely immerse you or baptize you in himself so that you'll be empowered to live a Christian life at that level. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you're born again, you want to find a good church. You want to spend time in the word and the worship and prayer. But you also want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 actually commands us to do that. Will you read that? Ephesians yeah. 5.18. It commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know from Acts chapter 1 that uh, Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, he said, I will empower you, you'll receive power, and to be my witness, to be that ambassador, that consistent ambassador that God's called you to be. You can't be the consistent ambassador and stay in the flow properly without the Holy Ghost. It's not possible. And put that in the comments. You can't stay in the flow of fellowship properly without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not possible because God's made it so. He made it that way. That's the system that he designed. So you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. It's literally a command. Let's read that here. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a command mm-hmm. from God by the Holy Ghost yeah. through Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. Yeah. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be yeah. filled with the Spirit. This is where we're supposed to live. We're supposed to stay in that place. So, And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the connection with Him and the communication from Him to know where, where to be led by the Holy Spirit. Just yeah. read the Word. Mm-hmm. To be led by the Holy Spirit to... Fellowship with God in worship, Mm -hmm. right? To worship him. The Holy Spirit will remind you, you need to worship God for that. That's a blessing that he gave you. The Holy Spirit will empower you. As you're praying in in the Spirit, he will actually cause you to worship properly, right? And so this is another area that is a part of the flow of fellowship we need to have in our lives. Yeah. Anything on that before we move to prayer? Well, it's just the next verse uh, right after that. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yeah. one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord and giving thanks for all things in the name of the Jesus Christ our God. So, like, he kind of t- takes that into yes. worship as well. Which yeah. I just, I it goes straight I into like, it yeah. as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's why we need to stay in that place. Mm-hmm. need to stay in that place of worship. Um, one of the things that you see was that uh, it says in John, uh, I believe it's chapter 4, where it says those that worship him will worship him in spirit Mm -hmm. and in truth. Well, how can you worship him if you're not staying filled in the spirit, right? And then uh, John actually writes this again. He's the writer of the book of Revelation. And you'll see this one of the scriptures the Lord took me to. 
He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. So he's flowing in worship yeah. in, in the spirit on the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. And in that place is where he got the revelation of the book of Revelation. That's mm-hmm. where the Lord shows up to him. Yeah. But where did it start at? He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Yeah. Um, where did the apostle Paul get his, where did the apostle Paul get his uh, apostleship and his orders from heaven yeah. to go be the apostle that we know today? Mm-hmm. Well, you go into Acts chapter 13 and it says, there they are and they're fasting and praying, yeah. right? They're being led. They're in fellowship. So you see that fellowship in him we live and move and have our being in him, in spirit-led word, yeah. spirit-led worship, and spirit-led prayer. Yeah. Uh, we find out what our marching orders are, and yeah. you see that's the place where God will speak to us, talk yeah. to us. That flow will be there so we'll know where to go and what to do. Yeah. Now, now I, I like from a perspective of someone who just got born again, and you're yeah. saying you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit— you know, that question can rise up. Yeah. How? And I know we have a whole series on the broadcast. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, so like if you want it in depth, we can, we can give you that series as well. Yeah, we need to but, put those links, those links in the description. For yeah. People. So, so yeah. We'll, we'll put that, you know, if that question comes how up, to we'll, be filled. how to be but filled. Basically, but basically you yeah. should definitely watch those two that we talked about how to find the right church. Mm-hmm. You should watch the two uh, that talks about, or the one that talks about how to be filled in the Holy spirit. You yeah. should watch those to learn about those. Uh, but basically, you see it in Luke chapter 11. Mm-hmm. When you ask God, you just say, Lord, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and he'll do it. And that's, that's it. it. <laughs> and when you do it, every person that's filled with the Holy Spirit has the ability to pray by the Spirit in a personal language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to immediately operate in the gift of tongues that it talks about in Romans chapter 12. That's a different gift and a separate gift. They're both tongues, but one's the gift of tongues, and one is a personal language of tongues mm-hmm. that anybody filled with the Holy Spirit can pray in. Mm-hmm. That gives us the ability to pray by the Spirit mm-hmm. in, in prayer and stay in that flow and pray out the perfect will of God. And so the Spirit-led prayer, and it's not just, when I say Spirit-led prayer, I'm not just talking about you're always praying in an unknown language. You're not always talking about tongues. I'm telling, I'm saying the Holy Spirit is leading your prayer. And sometimes that'll be in tongues. It should be often, but many times that'll be in your known language. For us, it'd be in English, mm-hmm. you know, and you can tell when somebody is led by the Spirit in their mm-hmm. prayer because it carries a different weight. It carries a punch yeah. to the enemy to destroy the works of the enemy. And we want to pray by the Spirit all the time. A lot of times when people are just praying, what they call praying is not really praying at all. It's complaining. It's whining. It's not prayer. Uh, prayer, uh, Spirit-led prayer is with faith and with the Holy Ghost, with the power of the Holy Ghost and yeah. with faith. And in James chapter 5, it says the prayer of faith will save the sick, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when it talks about in 1 John 5, Four, uh, when it says this is the victory that overcomes the world, mm-hmm. even our faith. Yeah. Well, faith is released through prayer. Yeah. And so spirit-led prayer will help us break down the walls, yeah. break down the barriers, open up doors, 
uh, spirit led. You know, a lot of a lot of people think that prayer is what they're calling prayer is actually just worship. They're just worshiping God, and that is definitely a form of prayer. But it's more worship, right? Yeah. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I worship yeah. you. Yeah, you're praying, but it's more worship. That yeah. would be I would categorize categorize that more as worship. Yeah. But prayer is when you are you are speaking the will of God on the earth as that consistent ambassador mm-hmm. for yourself, for your family, for your church, for the ministries and the people that you are uh, in partnership with. Yeah. Uh, you're praying these things out. Mm-hmm. You're handling business as an ambassador. When you pray, you're, and you put this in the comments, when, when I pray, I'm handling business as God's ambassador on the earth. Amen. When I pray, I'm handling business as God's ambassador on the earth. Um, there's a there's a scripture that says basically, don't you know that that nothing comes about without coming through the mouth of prophets, right? And uh, Barrett, if you could find and copy that and put that in, that'd be great. And what you see is that any person that has the spirit of Christ, that is the spirit of prophecy. So when I start speaking the will of God and saying what God is telling me to do in prayer, and I'm speaking that out, I'm speaking a prophetic word. Now, I might not be in the office of a prophet, but every believer can prophesy. Every believer can speak a prophetic word and not be in the office of a prophet necessarily. And that's what it actually says in 1 Corinthians it says, I, I pray that you all prophesy, that you all prophesy. And so when we pray, we're handling God's business as an ambassador. And uh, we can have worship in our prayer, but we can also have those commanding prayers uh, as a prayer. And uh, so this is a part of the fellowship flow of God, right? But it's also prayer is also just fellowship. Lord, how you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on in your world? Talking to him just like you talk to anybody else. You know, hey, how's everything going? You know, um, things like that. Lord, I love you. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you, what you've given to me. Thank you for these things. Yeah. So I I see it as three major pieces of prayer. You have different yeah. types. You could you could almost define this you know all over the place. Yeah. But I see three basic parts of prayer: worship, worship, mm-hmm. command. And communication or yeah. fellowship, you know, where you're just talking. And in prayer, you know, you also have like meditation time where you're not praying, you're actually just listening, right? This, in other words, you're not the one talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. If I go in and all I do is talk to Nicole and I'm the only one talking all the time, we don't really have a good fellowship. I mean, at yeah. some point, I've got to shut up and listen, you know. And if I don't shut up and listen, then our fellowship's not going to be where it needs to be. So these are areas of fellowship that we want to stay in. So go ahead and read that verse, uh, Amos uh, 3.7. Yep, uh, Amos 3.7. Certainly the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret plan to his servants, the prophets. The prophets who will speak what God says. Yeah. Uh, the double-edged sword, the original language actually says double-mouthed sword. So yeah. it comes out of the mouth of God, and then it comes out of the mouth of of his servants, yeah. out of his prophets, out of the people of God. And that's yeah. every person that's born again. Yeah. Uh, you can prophesy what the Lord tells you to prophesy. It doesn't mean you're in the office of a prophet. That's different. 
Yeah. Uh, but you can speak the things of God as his ambassador on the earth, especially for yourself and for your own life and yeah. for your family. Uh, yeah. You have an authority there in those areas to speak that, and you can agree for others in that way as well. In other words, you might not can you might not have authority to run my life, but yeah. you can agree with me in prayer over the things that I'm agreeing with as well. Yeah, no, it's just the verse that was coming up to me was John 15. Uh, it's in. I mean, all, obviously, like all this goes in back to that fellowship. But yeah. if you abide in me. Right here, uh, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So like yes. that's that spirit-led prayer, even that prayer. Because he yep. says, uh, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So yes. his word is in us. As we're praying, we're praying his yes. word. We're abiding in that fellowship with him, so we're able to receive that word. And when we pray that word, yes. we know that we have what we ask. Because we're praying with that, with that yes. authority, with that that word when his word lives in us and mm. abides in us it mm. becomes a part of us yeah and when we speak out it, it's kind of like you know some people say words and they're more like curses you know it's like mm. man I, for example like man every time we go somewhere it's like one step forward and two steps back and and i'm as soon as i hear somebody say that i'm like not me yeah because it i the word that we are always advancing, we're always moving to triumph, is so yeah. much a part of me yeah. that when he talks about going backwards in defeat, my, what has abided in me now yeah. comes against it. It's like, uh-uh, not me. Yeah. No. And that's why when sickness tries to come up, and mm. it's like, oh, man, yeah. I might be getting sick. It's got to be so alive in you and mm. abide, abiding in you that you're like, I'm the healed of the Lord. By yeah. his stripes, I was healed. Mm. This can't stay. This got to go. Yeah. And the devil will try to keep it on you, but if you won't give up, he's got to. Yeah. If you won't give up, the devil's got to. And yeah. so, but that comes from an abiding in that word. Yeah. And we've got to abide in that word. Yeah. And that's and as we do that, when we pray, then when that we abide in the word and we pray mm. with worship and thankfulness in our hearts, yeah. right? Which is a part of a proper prayer yeah. is one, we know the word. Two, we speak the word. Yeah. Three, we thank God for the word. Yeah. Right? And you see the flow of fellowship even in a proper formation of a prayer. Yeah. And when we do that, that's when it works. Yeah. That's when it works. And so these are this is the place where if you're a believer, you really need to stay in this place. And I would say this. Get into a proper fellowship flow, which, in, which includes spirit-led word, worship, mm. and prayer. Yeah. Get into a corporate body, a church that's actually doing the things of God. Let me tell you this. Don't just go to the biggest church in your area. Don't just go to the smallest church. Look for a church that's alive and yeah. seeing fruit. Yeah. They're winning souls, making disciples. They're mm -hmm. operating in power. They're operating in revelation. Mm -hmm. And they're operating in, in uh, the fruit of the Spirit, mm. and they're in fellowship with God themselves. Like, it's easy for them to enter into fellowship with God and be filled with the Holy <laughs> Ghost. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost yeah. as soon as you possibly can. It's such a key to, to vitality in the kingdom of God, yeah. staying in that place. So, Is there any other questions? Do you all have any other questions on when I'm born again, what do I need to do? And uh, do you have any extra things, questions, or input?
Um, well, Lee did ask a question. He said, if someone had multiple tongues or multiple spiritual languages, could that imply the gift of tongues? I know you were talking about spiritual gifts. I also know we have an entire broadcast on speaking in yeah. tongues, which could be very helpful for him as well. But If someone had multiple tongues and multiple spiritual languages, could that imply that a gift of tongues? I, I don't see that uh, anywhere in the scripture that, that that says specifically you have the gift of tongues. I could see men coming up with that idea, and I could see how that would be uh, relevant to a majority of people mm-hmm. that have the gift of tongues. But let me ask, and you definitely need to watch that series on the gift of tongues because it will explain some of this to you. But let me ask you this question. Does certain people only have one gift and other people only have the another gift? No, because it tells you right there. It says covet the best gifts. Right, It tells you covet the best gifts. So that tells you that I can actually long for and desire and ask for any of those gifts. Yeah. Specifically, he says the best gifts. Well, how do you know which is the best gift? And what is that? You know, I, I heard preachers say this. I didn't understand it for years and years. They said, well, what's the best gift? The best gift is the one that you need at the time. Like, mm-hmm. what do you need right now? That's the best. It's kind of like if you went and played golf. You know, what, club, what club's the best club? Well, if I'm on, on the tee box, it's a driver. But if I'm in a, in, you know, on the fringe of the green, mm-hmm. then it's a wedge, mm-hmm. right? If I'm in a, in a war, what's the best weapon? Well, if I'm, you know, 25 miles away, it might be artillery. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, you know, in a room without a gun, it might be a knife, mm-hmm. Right. And so what's the best weapon? What's the best gift? It's the one you need right then. Yeah. So in other words, you see just in, by knowing the word there, you can see that we're not relegated to only one or two gifts of yeah. the Spirit in Romans 12. Uh, we can have, thank you, there's the link to speaking in tongues. You can have multiple <laughs> gifts in operation, yeah. but I'm believing God all the time. I'm coveting the best gifts to mm-hmm. operate in all of them yeah. at all the time. And so some people have the idea that they, they're, part of the issue is man's flesh, corrupted thinking, wants to be special. Mm-hmm. And so it wants to have a specialty. Yeah. Like the specialty is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the specialty. Mm-hmm. You're special because God chose chose you. You're precious and chose you. You're already special yeah. regardless of the gift. Yeah. The gift is just an extra. That doesn't make you special, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. You're already special in that way. The yeah. gift is part of our giving love back to God. Yeah. And so I flow with the gift that's needed in yeah. that moment. And yeah. then it's back to the flow. And so that I think that answers the question. So a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, people will actually only believe that they can operate in one gift because they don't know that, mm-hmm. and or they're they're looking for what am I qualified for? You're as a believer filled with the Holy Ghost, you're qualified for them all. Yeah. You're qualified for them all, and yeah. uh, so praise God. Yeah. I, now there's certain ones I think I've. I think I probably operated in all of them at this point, but there was one in particular I didn't operate in for years and years. That was discerning of spirit, seeing into the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've had that happen multiple times now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you when you have that stuff happen, you'll start to 
start to operate in it. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. And you realize this is just me flowing in God yeah. so I can give back to God. Yeah. And so I hope that I hope that helps you. I don't know that that necessary. There's no scripture I know that backs that up. That sounds like just experience, and we don't want to go with experiential doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be a marker. It could be. You know, I know for me, I just had the Holy Spirit in the flow of fellowship. One point said, I want you to believe me for a deeper flow of tongues. I said, oh, okay. And so I said, Lord, I ask you for a deeper flow of tongues. It was just a matter of days. And when I was praying, all of a sudden, it was like a different Mm -hmm. type of tongue came out. It was a deeper flow Mm -hmm. of that unknown language. And, um, And understand this, too, that tongues is not a different earthly language. That's the tongues of men, but it's not the tongues of angels and the tongues of God. That's the tongues of men. And one of the things that you'll see is tongues is not a different language. This is all in that teaching series on that. Tongues is not a different earthly language. And many, many missionaries have made that uh, mistake Mm -hmm. because they think that, oh, man, that's Russian. Now, that's not Russian. If it's tongues, that's an unknown tongue. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it call it unknown tongue? Mm-hmm. That means it's unknown to everybody. It's not unknown just to you. It's unknown. It's an unknown tongue. And that means it's not earthly, right? Yeah. It's not an earthly tongue. It's an unknown tongue to men. Mm-hmm. And what the miracle of hearing in your own language mm-hmm. is the miracle of interpretation yeah. and discerning of tongues. That's another gift in that in that gift of the Spirit is this discerning of tongues or interpretation of tongues. That's where the miracle, that's where you hear an unknown tongue, but you hear it in your own language or hear it in a known language. Uh, so that's just more teaching on that. Yeah. So anyway. Um, can, can I ask one more question? Oh, yeah. Um, so again, coming from a perspective of a brand new believer, yeah. um, you know, there... There's a lot of people in this world, you know, even in the church who, um, I mean, we're talking about tongues, we're talking about spiritual gifts being in that flow, and, um, and you can see people in the church who have kind of manifested their own flow, like, okay, I've seen someone operate in this gift, yeah. and it worked, yeah. and so maybe if I copy that out of that soul or I'll whatever, be blessed too, yeah, and so, too. and so they'll kind of make up their own tongue, or they'll make up their right. own uh, flow or their own, you know, way way of doing things, and so for a new believer, how do you discern what's the actual flow versus a counterfeit flow, <laughs> soulish flow? If that makes sense. Yeah, it's a great question. It's also a complicated question. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Man. <laughs> it, it's, it is a great question, but one of the things that you learn is you, if you don't know to discern yet between what's the right and the wrong flow, mm-hmm. yet you've not learned that then you need to be around somebody who has. Mm-hmm. You need to be around somebody who knows, who has authority in that, in that place. In other words, if you're at a church and they don't understand a wrong flow of the Spirit on a regular basis, it's like one thing's fine, one time's fine, mm-hmm. you know, two times maybe. But if it's happening all the time, mm-hmm. don't be at that church, right? Go to a church that has understanding of spiritual things. Remember at the beginning of Romans 12, it says, now concerning spirituals, I don't want you ignorant. That's mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost talking. 
Yeah. Right? It says gifts in English, but that mm-hmm. word's not in the original language. Yeah. Now, concerning spiritual things, I don't want you ignorant. Mm-hmm. So if God doesn't want us ignorant, the last thing I need is somebody who's actually ignorant of spiritual things leading the church I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 okay. <laughs> I can feel. So if you don't know how to do it, <laughs> there's different giftings. And different flows of the anointing that will come out at different times. And that was one of them that's a little different from where we've been all day. So there's uh, uh, one of the things that you'll see is if you don't know what the difference is yet, be around people who do. Mm -hmm. And submit to a ministry and a ministry leader, a pastor who does. Right? Submit to that. Uh, Otherwise, you could get really messed up. Like, quick. Uh, you need to you need to submit to leaders that know what they're doing spiritually. Mm-hmm. They know how to discern. They know how to have fruit. Mm-hmm. They know how to be consistent. They know how to carry on in the flow of fellowship on a regular basis. They know how to correct themselves if they're off, like the example I gave earlier of me. Mm-hmm. You know how to correct yourself if you if it's off. But what'll happen is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll learn. By living and flowing with the Holy Spirit, you'll learn what that sense is like in your spirit, man, when the Holy Spirit's flowing, right? And you'll, you'll know the words won't be wrong, but they'll come from the wrong heart or something like that. And all of a sudden, you'll feel it in your spirit. It'll like cross your spirit, be like, Something's not right with that. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we were in a um, we were in a store on our trip that we just got back from, and uh, you know the Nicole uh, took me on my birthday trip, and it was awesome, and it was really cool. And uh, but we walked into this one store, and I was like, we just need to get out of the store. Like, mm-hmm. it's not bad, bad, but it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. a wrong. And and Nicole was like, I know, I can feel it too. And the kids could feel it too. I mean, they there's. They, they're, they're picking up on stuff because they've learned mm. what the flow of the Spirit feels like yeah. and is a sense. It's not, I, won't, I don't want to say feels like, like our fleshly feelings, but it's a sense in your inner man, in mm. the Spirit of man. Yeah. And in that sense, I was like, something's off here. There's a you know, bad flow against the Spirit in this place. And uh, so you'll learn that. You'll see that in churches. Like I've, I've been sitting there before and I've listened to ministers preach. And I could tell they got off over in the flesh, and uh, instantly it's like it was flowing, flowing, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, this is off, you know, this mm-hmm. is wrong. And sure enough, they let them talk long ago. They go for a 30 seconds or a minute, and they'll say something totally fleshly, not as contrary to the word. And you can tell they got off. And what happened was they got soul in their soul. They got in their mind, will, and emotions for a minute and moved over into that soulish place. Um, but what you have to be mindful is, especially when you're learning and growing, mm-hmm. uh, is making those judgment calls on things that you actually don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I disagree with that, so he must be in the flesh. Well, not 100%. Yeah. You might disagree with it because he's right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but you're not in agreement yet because you haven't learned that principle yet. So you have to be, that. can you see, that could be very dangerous. Yeah. So you don't want to be too quick. That's why yeah. you want to have a spiritual leader, a pastor in your life that knows what they're doing. And humility. And a lot of humility. Humility <laughs> yeah. is a huge, huge key. And that's for anybody. Yeah. Not just yeah. a new believer. Yeah. And this is just, you know, what we're talking about today, the flow of fellowship, spirit-led word, worship, and prayer. 
mm. corporate fellowship and baptizing the Holy Spirit. That's just the starting point. Yeah. It really is just the starting point. Yeah. And uh, it, then you have things like that, humility. Yeah. That is a major key, mm-hmm. a major key. Uh, you want to learn about the three parts of man. Yeah. Um, you want to, I think we, do we have a series on humility and the three parts of man? I know we've we talked about, we talk about humility all the time, but um, yeah. it is a major key of Christianity. Yeah. But definitely three parts of man, you want to go back. And you know what? We need to redo the three parts of man because it's been out there long enough. It's time to redo it. So um, we need to, we'll do that series for long. Okay. But amen. And amen. Gerald says, amen, dude. Humility. <laughs> more grace. Yeah. Grace gifts need more grace. Amen. Yeah. You need grace, a flow of grace in your life. So. Yeah. Is there any other questions? Did I miss any? Barrett, did I you should... have any questions or commentary? Hello. I was closing my computer really fast. Um, no, I think the last point that, buddy, you asked about is huge. All of this is humongous. But as I've just been sitting here listening I like it's marked me on when you started teaching this revelation, like because the entire length of time I've known you, sir, you've taught on this in some way, shape or form. But when the Lord really had you start nailing down spirit led word, worship, prayer and corporate fellowship a few years ago, that's when and I'm not just saying it to say it, everything in my life changed because it started becoming a priority. And my fellowship went from something that almost seemed like it couldn't really happen. Like I'd minister that we could have this fellowship and I'd have moments of it, but consistently walking in fellowship was something I yearned for and never really attained. And then when this revelation started being ministered, my life did a 180 and all of a sudden I was able because I started really diligently disciplining myself to these habits because it's a discipline. It's not just something that'll happen. This is all a discipline and whatever we discipline ourselves in, it's what we're esteeming. So through walking these steps of discipline out, I started being able, being able to flow in the Holy Ghost more. I started being able to hear my father's voice, yeah. something that I had longed for my entire life. I was able to pray and not just pray for nothing. My prayers got answered because it no longer became about me. It became a unity with God. Yeah. And that's what the fruit of all of this produces is a unity with God, a oneness with him. And so it's just this is such a key broadcast for any believer anywhere because everyone can increase in prayer, in worship, in word and have their relationship go higher. None of us have been raptured like Enoch, <laughs> like that hasn't happened yet. So we can all keep growing in our revelation of it. So it's just such a key broadcast for sure. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we love you. If you have never accepted Christ and you want to have him as and be an inheritor of the things of God and walk with him and, and know that you're going to heaven for eternity, that you don't have to worry like what's after life and, and am I going to go to hell? Am I going into torture and 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 uh, eternal punishment in that way, you can know that by accepting Christ. 
And so if you haven't done that today, or if today you know, I need to get my fellowship back to where it needs to be. I've been, I've been missing on some of these fellowship areas. If that's you today, just pray this with me right now. Just say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And I believe that you died for me. And I believe you took my mess my sin on you. And I believe that God brought you back to life from the dead, showing that all of my sin had been dealt with forever. And Lord, I receive now newness of life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. You saved me and you are saving me. And Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire so that I can live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the inheritance of God. You have a loving father that loves you with an everlasting love, and he has chosen to adopt you into his family, into his way of life. And so now you can do the things that are on this video, talk about the flow of fellowship so that you can be that consistent ambassador of God. Go back and watch it again if you need to. Get these points. Live in spirit-led prayer. Live in spirit-led word. Live in spirit-led worship. Live in these places. Stay there constantly and watch as your life will just keep going up up, up, up. We love you so very much. Lord, I just pray right now that every person watching this will be blessed. I call them blessed. I call them filled. I call them whole. I call them restored. In Jesus' name, we praise you and worship you, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you so very, very much. If you're watching this broadcast, uh, this is our gift and our sowing into you. You don't have to do anything for it. For some people, the Lord has written it on their lives. I want to sow into that. I want to be a part of what they're doing. That's biblical. That's going to happen to believers. Hey, I'm supposed to be giving into this. This is feeding me. I don't go to a restaurant or fast food place and just go take their food without paying them. You start to realize if this is feeding me and God's giving it to me, I want to support what they're doing. You want to support that flow of this word out into the world. If that's you, you can go to giveww.org and you can sow one time. You can sow on a regular basis. You can partner with us, which is an amazing thing to do. Read about that. We have a series on partnership as well. You did you, how cool was the partnership series? It was awesome. It really was. God yeah. just really opened up some revelation mm -hmm. there. I heard so many people say, wow, this was great. Yeah. And so watch that partnership series if you'd like to. We love you so very, very much. Anybody who's given anything, we want to pray over it for it to be blessed, <laughs> that it'll be a supernatural harvest, supernaturally quick. Lord, let those things happen now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we give you glory. Lord, bring about a supernatural supply in Jesus' name.